Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk Podcast. My name is Sean Ray and this is a continuation of our Halloween Roundtable from last episode where John and I and our special guest host uh, Rick talked about the movies that we love to watch this time of year, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, all the spooky monster, zombie, vampire, sci-fi, horror, every everything that encompasses Halloween, those films that we like to watch. So enjoy the continuation of the conversation, and let's start the episode. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> This is um, a film that uh, uh, I saw probably younger than I should have. I saw it as a kid, um, probably like at, I don't know, maybe 10, 12. Um, came out in the 80s called Creep Show. Yes. That was on my list. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's this. You know, it's a collection basically of, of almost like pulp horror fiction. Um, I think it's like four stories. There are four little vignettes yeah. of, yeah. Um, you know, yeah. horrible things <laughs> happening to people. Um, and I don't even know if I want to say any more about it. It's on your list, and um, I'll, I'll let you uh, speak more about it. Um well, it I was guess. when it came out in uh, I want to say eighty three something. Uh, let me let me find out. I've got IMDb open. Uh, mm. Eighty two. Um, when it before it came out, it was uh, Stephen King and George Romero. Uh, no, Stephen King. We don't need to explain who he is. George Romero, who did the uh, you know created all of the the Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the right. Dead. Etc. movies. Uh, they announced that they were going to make a movie together, and they wanted to make a movie that was going to have the audience crawling out of the theater by the end of it. <laughs> uh, and we all believed they could do that. Um, but what we ended up getting was Creepshow, which was this wonderful... It was it was a, a love letter to the old EC horror comics of the, yeah. of the 60s and 70s. And so there were several, yeah, like you said, it was several vignettes, and it was all framed in this comic book kind of cartoony, uh, um, you know, turning pages and stuff. It, it you know, it was kind of uh, you didn't have the, the the crypt keeper, but it was definitely if you're familiar with the uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt series, right. it was kind of a, very much a precursor to that. And yeah. each segment was scary yet funny in some way. Uh, and the end was usually some horrible, literally horrible pun <laughs> horror in the sense of horror. <laughs> <Yeah. Ible. laughs> you know? 
Um, yeah, genius film. One, of, I love that movie. And it, and it wasn't it. I mean, it was it was definitely scary. Like the scary parts were scary. Um, but the, you could also tell they kind of made a point to make sure that the person who got it on some level, like the audience felt like, okay, well, they were a jerk, so they kind of deserved it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. Like, they're, they're like the quote-unquote real innocent people, I think for the most part, kind of got away. Well, no. I, well, no, they didn't get away. But, but they always but, got their revenge. But they got, right. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, what I used to call cartoon justice, which is yeah. like, you know, any, you may have wronged me slightly or horribly, but you're going to get it in return. Like Bugs Bunny always gets his revenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's also the if film Bugs, that's all. If Bugs Bunny were to start flaying Elmer Fudd. (laughs) It's also the film that taught us that um, Stephen King needs to stick to writing and not necessarily. necessarily Oh, he was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was fun. I I didn't know who Stephen. I mean, I knew. I didn't recognize right at the time. time, So it it didn't have that effect on me. It didn't really bother. I'm. I am just having to fight to not quote the movie left and right. Because... Oh, I can hold my breath for a long, long time. <laughs> let, let, I mean, the, the cast in that film was you know, Ted Danson. The first time we really saw Ted Danson, uh, imagine yeah. him as a zombie. Yeah. Um, Adrienne Barbeau, who, if you're of a certain age like I am, was uh, she was our Marilyn Monroe, really. Yeah. Uh, you know, she was awesome in it. Uh, uh, Edward, not Edward D. Robinson, um any, e. Anyway, E.G. Marshall, thank you. Uh, oh man, that scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's and I, I think I've got okay one two three four five vignettes. You got cake, roaches, crate. Uh, oh, I forgot about crate. Great breath and Jordy Verrill. Am I missing anything? This the sad death of Jordy Verrill. I, I think that was it, yeah. Stephen King's cameo. Yeah. Um, but you know, each one of them had a little like catchphrase that went with it you know uh you know i want my cake uh <laughs> uh well roaches oh, didn't really man. have one crate what are friends for oh how no. long can you hold your breath talk to me talk to me <laughs> yeah talk to me that was the roaches there yeah. wasn't the roaches saying it but that's the catchphrase from that one. Mm-hmm. brilliant brilliant film probably not, i haven't seen it in years so it's it, it may not be doesn't necessarily hold, probably doesn't hold up as well as I would hope it does, but it's still got to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I haven't seen mo- yeah. most of these films. I haven't seen in a long time, but I'm making a list. I'm gonna go back <laughs> and watch some of them again. <laughs> Rick, you want to go ahead and do your next, your next one? Yeah, John, I'm really glad you picked that one because that may, gave me room in my list for for one that I saw recently that I, I was kind of wavering on whether I wanted to put it in or not. It's from 2014. It's called What We Do in the Shadows. Uh. Hmm. It is a it is shot in a documentary style. It's a group of uh, one, two, three, four, three or four vampires, and it, it's a it's from New Zealand. And the the conceit is these vampires have agreed to allow a film crew to follow them around and document their their daily lives oh, okay. or nightly lives. Nice. Um, and you know they they say at the beginning that the you know they've agreed that the film the camera crew are safe from them, 
uh, they're not going to eat the camera crew. Well, <laughs> at least not all of them. You know? And it, it's it's very much in the in the uh, this is Spinal Tap sort of uh, ven- uh, vein of of mockumentary filmmaking. Uh, but it's it's genius. Uh, it's it's very funny. Um, well, okay, maybe I'm I'm hyping it a little too much. It's not it's not like rolling on the ground laughing your your butt off funny, but there are some really brilliant scenes in it, right. especially when they they encounter a bunch of werewolves, and uh, uh, it, it just it what we do in the shadows. I I don't I don't want to say too much about it. One because I don't want to spoil. Uh, because you know with 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 comedies, it's really easy to say too much. Um, and two, I've only seen it the one time, so I, I don't remember enough details to quote it too much. But it's just imagine what happens when you've got a bunch of, uh, you know, kind of Eastern European vampires living in in California. Uh, I think it's California, uh, and they agree to let a film crew follow them around for a few weeks. Yeah, I've, I've never even heard of it. Yeah. It, it's uh, the only reason I know about it is again the the little pot of horrors. Oh, okay. Um, they they uh, they saw it. One of them saw it at uh, at a film festival and talked it up. And so I, I don't think it ever got even a, a theatrical release here in the states. Oh, okay. But uh, it is on Amazon. Uh, you can rent it on Amazon for two bucks, and you'll have a great time. All right. Okay. Well, my third movie is going to be from the zombie category. Because I love I love zombie movies. I watch I watch The Walking Dead. I don't know if you guys watch it. Yes, I don't. Okay, John does. Um, I used to play uh, Resident Evil back when it was still about zombies. <laughs> and uh, one of my favorite books is World War Z. But don't I don't not, don't get me started on that movie. We'll do a we'll <laughs> we'll do a book to movie adaptation show sometime, and I can rant about that movie. But the movie that I wanted to uh, put on my list was the one that started it, in my opinion, and it, uh, Night of the Living Dead from 1968, directed by George Romero. We were just talking about him a minute ago, <clears throat> mm-hmm. but I didn't see this until I was in high school. the The classic movie channel was showing old horror movies on every Saturday night, and you know, so I started staying up late and watching some of those. But I got to tell you, even as a 16 year old kid, this movie was pretty frightening to me, even though it was made in late 60s. And it, as an adult, it still gives me chills when I watch it. One of the things that I like about it is the way they used black and white, even though color was the standard at the time. I mm. think it made the movie scarier. It made it grittier. I know they probably used black and white more because it was, it, well, it was cheaper, and it was easier to use with the, the makeup that they were using on the zombies to kind of cover up the flaws and all that kind of stuff. Because they colorized it in the 80s because they colored they colorized everything in the 80s. <laughs> but but um, it, it kind of took something away from it when they colorized it. You know, I like I like Dawn of the Dead better as a film, but I think that the black and white in this one makes it creepier. So it's kind of a Halloween favorite for me. The scene where the little girl uh, turns into a zombie and then kills her parents is one of the creepiest things <laughs> that I've ever seen in a film. But... Um, you guys want to say anything about it? Uh, I just Classic. saw it for the awesome. first time last month. Really? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really kind of a noob to some of the, 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 the more horrific horror films. Yeah. And it was, 
it was not what I expected. Um, first of all, you know the, the well. I'm sure you know the the word zombie is never mentioned. Right? In the yeah, he calls them. They call them ghouls. Ghouls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of gore. Uh, there's there's you know very actually almost no gore right. really. Yeah. And the uh, the mythology hadn't been solidified yet, so there, there there was some inconsistency to the way the zombies behaved. Yeah. Uh, but it was still and, and you know I've I've never seen The Walking Dead mostly because I'm I'm really over the zombie thing. So by the time it started, I was so freaking sick of hearing people talk about, <laughs> "Have you got your zombie apocalypse planned down yet?" And all this, you know, I, I'm not sick of zombie movies. I'm sick of the zombie culture. Uh, and I guess maybe that's because I, you know, I'm a college teacher and, and I teach college theater and I keep getting every new class comes in with someone who thinks he's the next George Romero or the next Quentin Tarantino. And I just keep hearing the same tired tropes over and over again. (laughs) Um, but, uh, it it was when, when Walking Dead came out and I was like, oh, frack, not zombies again. And they were like, no, 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 it's not really about the zombies. Night of the Living Dead isn't really about the zombies. Yeah, yeah. It's about the people trapped in the house by the zombies and what happens between them, and it's it's really well done, especially when it look you can you know it. I think their budget was about 150 bucks. Yeah, <laughs> so. it was shoestring. That's that's for sure. But the thing that I like about uh, going off on the Walking Dead, but the, the thing that I like about the Walking Dead is that I, I've said for years that what they need to do as far as uh, uh, the zombie genre is make a TV series that kind of explores what happens later on down the road, you know, because every zombie movie that we, that comes out seems like it's about the outbreak. It's about the outbreak, you know, well, what happens six months after the outbreak? What happens 10 years after the outbreak, you know, and that's kind of like what, that's kind of what I like about the walking dead because it's kind of exploring some of that because where we're at on the show now is about two years after the outbreak. And it's kind of what I don't like about Fear the Walking Dead, which I'll I'll wait to talk about Fear the Walking Dead next time that High Chan's on the show because because <laughs> she kind of she wrote an article about it the other day for USA Today. But um, the um, the thing with uh, Night of the Living Dead was the Romero and um, I didn't write it down. The other guy that was working with him they 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 got into an argument after that about where they should go with these films and they ended up splitting up and Romero went off and made Dawn of the Dead and the other guy went off and made Return of the Living Dead and went off into oh, that franchise. Okay. So they're basically basically Dawn of the Dead and Return of the Living Dead are both sequels to Night of the Living Dead. But they go off they branch off on their own after that, you know, so Dawn of the Dead, and then after that came Day of the Dead, and you're right. The first film is not gory, but Romero does get gorier and gorier oh, as, yeah. as he goes oh, yeah. as he goes along. So, Day of the Dead is a really gory movie, and it's actually the one that I like least out of the series. I like Dawn of the Dead. I kind of like the remake of Dawn of the Dead, but not as much because they changed the they changed the zombie rules. They're not these slow shambling uh, zombies anymore. They're they're running at full speed and all that kind of stuff, you know. Yeah, I saw that uh, again uh, last month, um, and the the remake. Now, and, and I I didn't dislike it, 
but I didn't find it anywhere near as scary as the original Dawn of the Dead, and that was kind of part of the reason. Right. Uh, the the, you know that that's the you know do you, you know slow zombies or fast zombies? Slow zombies to me are scarier. Yeah. Because they just keep coming, and you shoot them and they just keep coming, and you they you knock them down and they get up and they just keep coming and they have the 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 dead look on their faces and. And and it's just this implacable wall of death coming towards you. Right. That you can easily get away from one or two or five or a, you know a whole crowd of if you're in an open place. But if you get cornered, you're toast. Yeah. Whereas the fast zombies were all just a bunch of angry people out there trying to kill people. They 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 were still every bit as deadly and maybe even a little more because it's harder to get away from them. Right. But they were no longer scary to me. That's kind of where they went with the um, the twenty eight days later and twenty eight weeks later. They, you've got different kinds of zombies too in films. You've got zombies that are actually supposed to be people that died and then they came back, and then you've got zombies that are just infected with some kind of disease, uh, super rabies or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll go ahead so and let, let you go ahead and do your next your next movie. I've, as we've been doing this show, because like you know, I. I I guess I'm like Rick, uh, you know, I don't really watch a lot of horror. I don't watch a lot of slasher, almost never, actually. Um, so I'm thinking, okay, well, let me, I guess I can come up with something. I can come up with two or three. But, like, over the course of the show, you just, like, I've been, oh, like, that's a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. Oh, yeah, that was a good one. And, I'm, I, you know, my list has been steadily growing <laughs> as the night has gone on. So, um I'm going to do my last one, but I, I want to also offer like an, an honorable mention category for like the, the, uh, the three or four others that I came up with. Um, um, my last one is kind of a public service announcement because I had never heard of this movie and I think someone recommended it to me again. I ended up getting it from the library and it's, um, it's called Who Can Kill a Child? <laughs> I never heard With, of it. Yeah. yeah, see? You're welcome. <laughs> um I think it's yeah, nineteen seventy six and it's I think it's in is it Italian? No, it's Spanish. And again it's it's subtitled. Also uh released under the the title The Island of the Damned. Um I and, have heard of that one. I have heard of Island of the Damned before. Yeah, it's same film. Okay. I haven't um, seen it. I've heard. It. Yeah. So uh, these English tourists um, land on this island, um, just like you know, resort island, and they you know notice pretty quickly that there's no adults on this island. Like you know, the kids are playing. Okay, where's they want to check into the inn, but like there's nobody there. There's just there's just kids around, and um, they discover also fairly quickly that um, the kids are all psychopaths like all of them <laughs> like they just they really enjoy murdering it's like a game yeah and you would think that when okay well they're kids you know you can outrun a kid hand hand you can probably take a kid um, but you know, kind of like the zombies, like can you take an island full of kids? You know, because they're, yeah. they're not they're not zombies. They're not you know, and it's it's like it's anyone under the age of 
I don't know, I think the oldest one might be like 12 or 13. So they're not, you know, they're not toddlers. They're, they're intelligent. Right. You know, they're small. They really want to kill you. Like, I mean, it's, it is surprisingly frightening. Um, and it's the, just the glee, the absolute glee that they take in it. You know, it's like they're chasing the ice cream truck. You know, it, it's, um, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I just heard like, you know, it's just like, Oh, you like, it's really good. It's a really good. It's a really good movie. Um, okay. but it was, I, I wasn't expecting that. And, and again, it's not, you know, they don't, there's not, you know, it's not a, a room or, or a house full of campers. It's not like, um, you know, they pick people off one by one. There's just this couple, this newly yeah. married and pregnant, in fact, couple. So like, she can't, they can't run as fast as they could anyway, because she's probably, I don't know, six, seven months pregnant. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it'll mess you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline for the film. Yeah. <laughs> mess they should, they should make a horror movie called, we'll mess you up. <laughs> so <don't think> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, Rick. Go ahead. Okay, and I, I too had the problem of uh, uh, a, an embarrassment of riches where it was like, I think that I'm not a horror movie fan, and then when I sit down and try to think of just five to talk about, uh, so I'm, I'm going to reserve a, an honorable mention category too. Uh, but the, the last one I want to really... Hey, y'all know, we're only on number four. Oh, are we? Oh, okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> really? I know John said that too. I was like, no, this is only... Yeah, because I've got my next category, it says... My fourth category, so. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah. Well, even stuff. I didn't mean so. to interrupt you. Go ahead. <laughs> That's okay. Um, there is there is one, and, and again, you know, I, I tend to go for the more light lighthearted fare, but there is a movie that, in my opinion, is the perfect comedy film. That if I were to, uh, some, you know, when if someone was misbegotten enough to to give me a class on making film <laughs> comedies. The textbook would be Mel Brooks's Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I, I love Mel Brooks. He's hilarious. Yeah. But in almost all of his movies, there's there's those one or two jokes that just don't quite work, or they're a little too topical for their time, or something. There's something in it where you just kind of go, all right, well, the next one's good. Young Frankenstein doesn't have a skipped beat anywhere. Uh, you know, it's. It, it, it's Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks is, if you're not familiar with Young Frankenstein, Mel Brooks back in um, when I think it was late '70s, um, did his own take on horror films, and so he took the Frankenstein story and put his own spin on it. Gene Wilde. Well, uh, okay, actually, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. That's not how the movie was made. Gene <laughs> Wilder wrote the movie. Uh, if you don't know who Gene Wilder is, look him up. Your your life is a Willy hollow Wonka. shell. Willy Wonka, yeah. <laughs> the, the real Willy Wonka. Yeah. Right. Uh, the creepy one. <laughs> um, well, creepy in a different way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Gene Wilder wrote Young Frankenstein and went to Mel Brooks and said, I want you to make this movie. And Brooks looked, read the script and then made Wilder spend an entire day trying to talk him into it. And finally... Finally, after hours of Wilder selling and selling and selling this script, Mel Brooks said, 
Yeah, all right. Yeah, actually, I was sold when I read the script, but I wanted to see how badly you wanted it. <laughs> uh, and it is it's it's Gene Wilder, Peter Boyle is the monster, Madeline Kahn, um, uh, oh oh, I'm blanking on her name, Frau Blucher, um, Cloris Leachman, mm-hmm. um, Terry Gar. The cast is amazing. It's all in black and white, even though it was shot in the seventies or right. uh, you know when there was you know color was there. But he he was catching the flavor of the fifties horror movies, uh, and doing this wonderful satire on it while everyone is playing everything per- totally straight, totally dead. Oh oh, uh, um, Marty Feldman as Igor. Uh, it's <laughs> it, it's just it's another movie that you could just sit here and quote the film for an hour. And, and my name is Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is sheer genius. And it so captures the, the fun aspects of Halloween. The, you know, I, it, when, when you're eight and you're doing Halloween and you're dressing up like a, like a Bella Lugosi vampire or a Boris Karloff Frankenstein monster, you're not into the horrible, really scary Halloween blood guts gore. You're still, spooky and fun kind of stuff and, <laughs> right. and right. that's what young frankenstein is and it's it's just it, it's i can't imagine a world without young frankenstein in it i own the dvd uh i'm hope I, I don't know if it's out on blu-ray i need to find out if it's out on blu-ray um but it's it's just it's a brilliant 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 it's in my opinion mel brooks's best movie yeah and every time i hear the song uh putting on the ritz i still <laughs> i still just start going rawr, rawr, rawr. yeah <laughs> but i think my 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 generation mel brooks film is still space balls but um but yeah i have seen young frankenstein several times it's and, and you're right and I, I and i love the way that it looks like it looks like it's made in the 40s or the 50s or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's classic. My fourth category is the monster movie category. And I picked the original Dracula from 1931 starring Bela Lugosi. And the reason I picked it is because it's basically the monster movie that started monster movies, in my opinion. You know, um, that they had at that time they were coming out with Frankenstein and the Wolfman. I kind of see this as the one that started it all. Lugosi is iconic in that role, even though it kind of typecast him for the rest of his life. He was only able to play vampires pretty much <laughs> every movie that he was in after that. But uh, so much of what's done with vampires today is is credited to the the book Dracula. But really, a lot of the stuff that they considered to be the rules of vampires weren't in that book. It was in this movie. Because, right. uh, like, the whole thing about vampires not being able to go out in the day was not in the book because he went out in the day in the book. Uh, being young and uh, being beautiful and handsome was all in the in the movie, not the book. You know, Frankenstein. Yeah, he, Frankenstein was neck and neck for this spot, but uh, but I'm going I'm going with Dracula. Have, have you read the book? Uh, yeah, when I was in high school. Yeah, we had to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that book. I, I I've read it several times, and it's. Bram Stoker wasn't a very good writer except that one time. Yeah. I, I've tried to read some of his other stuff. I've heard that. Not yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> John, have you ever seen the original Dracula? You know, I'm sure that I have, but I don't. Like, when I think of the original Dracula, um, I think of, um, you know, it wasn't Dracula, it was, was it Nosferatu? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
know which was you like you know silent movie based, yeah yeah the silent movie um creepy yeah um but obviously not not dracula so um my brain has has melded them sadly well, some sure. of these some of these classic lines like uh like uh i never drink wine you know that kind of stuff <laughs> was in the movie and you know it, it didn't come from the book and and the movie I, I i saw it when i was a kid and i went back and watched it about a year or so ago and i was surprised it's only about 80 minutes long it doesn't it, it, i guess it seemed a lot longer when i was younger but it's it's a pretty short movie to be an adaptation of such a a big book you know but yeah and and i've i find the ending and I don't know if it was just a, 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 a an artifact of the time that you know filmmaking was still, especially sound filmmaking was still in its infancy. But the ending is very abrupt, and you, you, you there, there's you don't see you see them stake Dracula, but all you see is them open a box and then hammer something into the box. You don't there, there isn't the classic you know, and crumbling to dust or anything like that. And then it just stop. Then they just cut to the credits. Well, there was, there was a rich. Okay. So this movie was made before the code came out for filmmaking and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. there was originally a scene at the end where this guy comes out and talks to the audience. Um, and I don't know what all he says, but evidently the, the people that made up the code decided that what he says is too intense or whatever. And they took that out. So really? the, the very last scene of the film is lost. They don't. Nobody even knows what huh. happened to it. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> is it known what it was? Yeah, I mean, it was just. I, I, I saw it on Wikipedia, and it kind of gives a little idea of what he says. I can't remember what he said. He's talking to the audience and telling them to be careful when they leave because you never know what's in the shadows or something like that. But you know, the code that came out was. There was a lot of stuff that they were doing in film that all of a sudden you can't do that anymore. Yeah. That even at the time was tame compared to what we do now, you know. But um, so they just decided we have to uh, we have to cut that scene off. So you just get what the scene was before that, and that's the end of the movie. And then they cut to the credits. Hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's interesting when, especially when you look back at it with our modern sensibilities. Uh, there, there's ah, I hear a doggy. Um, <laughs> yes, you um, do. <laughs> L- Lugosi create well, Lugosi and the filmmakers created the vampire as a sex symbol. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of hard for us today to think of Bella Lugosi as being sexy, but at the time, right? Like John said, Nosferatu was what the film vampire looked like, you know, the, the, the yeah, gaunt very... bat ears, long claws, big extended fangs, stuff like that. And then along comes Dracula. And you're right. He wasn't anything like that in the book. In the book, he's described as, you know, breath, like a slaughterhouse and, and, you know, very right. much looking more like Vlad the Impaler, which was Stoker's, uh, inspiration. Right. Uh, and you know, along comes Lugosi, and he's he's suave, and he's debonair, and he's he's uh, uh, smooth, and and for for women at that time, I guess maybe that was sexy. Yeah. Uh, you know, think of I don't know if you ever ever saw. Did you know that Frank Langella did a version of Dracula back in the seventies? Yeah, I've, I, I think I don't know if I've seen it, but I I know of it. Yeah. I, I've seen it, and it's 
practically pornographic. Yeah, I think he was playing Dracula on stage at the time that he made that movie. Too. Yeah, it, yeah, it was it was an adaptation of the stage play. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know that was all that was all started by Lugosi before Lugosi's Dracula vampires were just you know animated corpses. They were, they were horrible monsters. As opposed right. to this sexual fantasy of dominance and and submission and all of that stuff, where now there's books and books written about the psychology of of loving vampires and things. You guys want to know what the first vampire movie I ever saw was? Love at first bite. Once bit. Uh. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, and I really liked it. You know, I was probably eight nine years old, and it was on regular TV and it was on during the day and my babysitter had it on and we're sat down and watched, <laughs> you know, but, uh, John, you want to do your, your last pick? Um, I guess my last pick will, um, I'll, I'll, I don't think I did any, well, yeah, nightmare before Christmas, but here's, here's my other, um, horror comedy. Um, probably the second, musical i ever actually liked like i really liked um little shop of horrors yes um not the original quote-unquote original that was like black and white and starred like jack nicholson i think mm-hmm. it was his um, first yeah but the uh the one the more everyone knows um uh rick moranis as a uh, seymour krellborn <laughs> and his uh, his trials trying to defend the Earth from an alien um, anthropomorphic um, plant that <laughs> liked to eat people. Right. Um, eat me. It, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know. You, <clears throat> you you're talking about the, like the perfect blend of horror and comedy, and I and I think this was probably it for me. Um, like it it's really kind of amazing how well they navigate because the, the silly scenes are so silly, but you know, two minutes later, the scary scenes are actually really scary. Yeah. Um, you know, and they don't really show a lot of blood, but it's, 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 it's good. It's good. And the, the, um, <laughs> the plant, um, unfortunately named Audrey too. Audrey too. Yeah. Is um it was designed by um, Jim Henson's Creature Shop, and so like it's not just like a, a trap that just opened and closes. Like it's it's lips, the articulation, and you know you're talking about movies that that still hold up today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's practical effect. It's it's an actual machine. It's not it's not CGI. Um, the the way the lips move. Um, <laughs> and the voice that comes out of it it's 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 perfect like you know it it's it's perfectly done um and yeah it's probably the most optimistic thing <laughs> on my <laughs> list because spoiler alert they actually um they defeat the the villain at the end for the most part you know <laughs> no, they ch- they changed the ending that actually yeah, the, ori- the, original. the original ending uh, the plant right. was supposed to eat both of them yeah. and then the test yeah. audience hated it so they went back and changed it and did a traditional guy gets right. girl ending you know Which, well right. did, did well, you, you the, know that the, it's based on a it's based on a musical play right yeah yes 
Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I was going to say the um, the Jack Nicholson version. Um, yeah, the plant wins. The plant wins in the end. Um, and they, you know, they they do the traditional horror movie ending. Well, yes, he's dead. The end? Question mark. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gotta leave it open for a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'll think. And again, I don't know if it's a spoiler to tell you what they do again, you know, forty years later. But um, they never made, to my knowledge, they never made a second, never made a sequel. No, I don't. They're hoping so. No. Yeah, they shouldn't. You know, some things just leave it where it is. But yeah, that's my that's my um, last official. And that actually, you know. It's good because it also pulls in the whole Rick Moranis conversation. Yeah, and he was <laughs> he was perfect. He was perfect for that role. It really was. I had the, the singer. Yeah, I, I had the cassette of that soundtrack and wore it out. Uh, Me too. It was a it, it, well. Frank Oz directed it. Uh, oh, that's so, right. Yeah, he sure uh, did. And he did a brilliant job. It's it's Muppet rare. Mm-hmm. To to <laughs> me, it's rare when a a film can capture a stage play uh, in a way that is uh, watchable. Right. I think um, <laughs> Little Shop and Chicago are about the only two I can think of that really come to mind. Yeah, well, Noise is off, but nobody saw it. I <laughs> so saw it. I, I saw it, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I just Good. showed it to my class, my st- uh, stagecraft class last week, because I think it's, it is one of the best transfers of a play to a film, but it's not a very good movie. Uh, <laughs> but as wa- watching it as, you know, a film version of a play, it's great. Uh, that. Don't don't dive into that explanation. It doesn't make any sense to me either, but it works. Um, but yeah, uh, there. If you if you get the DVD, I presume there's a Blu-ray out. I, maybe not of Little Shop. Uh, you can see the scenes where they they did these big special effect shots of giant Audrey twos destroying Paris and Washington and and I think there's one on top of the the, the Taj Mahal. You know, just showing them destroying the world. And yeah, test audiences didn't like it because it wasn't a happy ending. Yeah. And so the studio made them go back and, and reshoot it. And uh, I think they did a great job with the you know them going into their their tract house with the white picket fence. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. They have their dream life that they you know that they sang about earlier. <laughs> Callback. Right. Um, with um, you know little plants in the yard. It's all nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, Rick, with your uh, your last pick. Okay, my last one uh, is also a vampire film, and uh, also a pretty old one, but I don't think anyone has topped it yet, and that's got to be The Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Mm. Um, 1980s, uh, we have a young... Uh, oh, who's the guy that was in 24? Keeper Sutherland. Is that Keeper Sutherland? Yes. Yeah, that's right. It's Kiefer Tom Sutherland. Sutherland the Sun. Yeah. That's right. It is Keith. Okay, I thought of that and I was like, no, that's not right. But okay, yeah, Young Kiefer Sutherland. We got the 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 Corys, Haim and and um, um, Feldman yeah. as the, the the Frog Brothers. <laughs> uh, and it's just, it's very eighties. <laughs> I will grant you, it is a film that yeah. is very much a product of its time. But it was it was kind of the first time we had we saw essentially a bunch of vampires as punk skater boy slash bikers, whatever you want to, you want to, uh, call them. And even though they were, they were definitely the bad guys, you were kind of sort of rooting for them too. Yeah. That was so cool. Yeah. 
They made a sequel. And they didn't spark. They made a sequel to that. <laughs> they made it. They were, uh, oh, Lost, I, Lost Boys I Two. Heard I think it was came terrible. Out. I didn't see it. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't good. Yeah, I didn't see it. It, it came good. out in what 2009, 10, something like that. Yeah. It, yeah. It I, again, long. you know, a couple decades between the two, and, and not even done by the original people. It's not a good yeah, formula. Yeah. Yeah. And I think straight to video too. I don't even think it was theatrically released. So. No. When I see something that's a sequel, and it's straight to DVD. I usually skip it <laughs> yeah. because they're basically the only thing it's going to share with the original is the title. It's a good rule of thumb. Yeah. Yeah. But if, if you're a fan of vampire movies or horror movies, uh, you really need to have the lost boys in your, in your, uh, mental collection, even if you don't own the right. movie, because uh, it's, it's a movie that is considered a classic and for good reason. Uh, you know, again, it is very dated, it is, you know, it's just just like Charlton Heston movies from the 70s are very much 70s movies. Uh, the Lost Boys is very, very 80s. Uh, but even then, if you are one of those people that likes to dress up in 80s costumes and you want to see what they were really like, it wasn't all freaking neon and leg warmers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whenever whenever kids, I, I see kids dressing up in, 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 you know, it must have been what our parents, well, my parents were like when we dress up in 50s. Yeah, you know, leather very jackets. Very broad and stereotypes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Poodle skirts and stuff, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Lost Boys, definitely see it. Well worth your time. Yes. And can, and can I throw out my honorable mention real quick? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Tremors. Oh, yeah. oh Tremors. nice. Fred Ward, Kevin Bacon, total B movie. They're stuck out in the desert. Uh, oh, Reba McIntyre, yes, the peak of her gorgeousness. Uh, <laughs> uh, you She's know, still gorgeous. She is, but she, I mean, I, I'm not a country music fan at all. But uh, when I saw her come on the screen, I was like, my God, that woman is beautiful. Um, but uh, you know they're 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 stuck out in the desert fighting giant sandworms and it's it, 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 just watch Tremors it's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sean, do you have an honorable mention list? Hello, Sean. We couldn't have lost him. Lost him? We couldn't have. Can lost you hear him. me? There you are. Okay. Now we can. My yeah. my, my mic uh, came out of the jack. <laughs> but I saw a um. <laughs> I saw an article this week that uh, said that Kevin Bacon is kind of hinting that he wants to do another Tremors movie. So you know what? I just I can't remember if I saw it on. I think Netflix. I think I think Netflix. Let me let me confirm that. But I. Uh, well, there's I already know. like eight of them. I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I think Maybe they that's did. It. Saw, but it, it, they I, may it have done looked, a series at one time. It looked but, new. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. My last um, – oh, go ahead, John. I'm no, sorry. no, go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to – my last uh, pick is in the slasher category. And like I said on the last episode, to, to me, the slasher movie was something that when I was a kid, you'd have a sleepover and, you know, you'd watch one of these movies because it's basically you're not supposed to be watching this, <laughs> you know. But <laughs> uh, but we would we would rent them at the video store and, and, and watch it. But I know a lot of people don't watch them because uh, watching a movie that's about – a murderer killing people gives them the creeps, but I've never been able to look at one of these 80s slasher movies as being the real thing. I always look at it as, you know, oh, that's fake blood. That looked kind of cool. They made that look realistic, you know, that kind of stuff. The stuff that's coming out now, that also, all this torture porn, like all the Saw movies and all that kind of stuff, I'm not really into all that. Um, but the one that I did, the last one that I watched that I kind of dug was uh, Freddy versus Jason. 
And <laughs> I put it on my list because it's really two movies in one. You know, you get it's the penultimate slasher movie. Not only did they put the main character from two famous franchises together, but it's also basically the last film in both of those series because Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street both had reboots after that. But uh, Freddy's back with all his famous one-liners and Jason's still the unstoppable force that he's always been. Best of both worlds. I saw when I saw it for the first time, it took me back to all the sleepovers when I was staying up late watching these movies. So it is a Halloween pick for me. I don't have you guys ever seen that? Sure. Yeah, I have okay. not. I've been tempted because it's kind of the, uh, the, the slasher version of a Godzilla film. Right. Yeah. And I love Godzilla films, except for that one. <laughs> that we shall not speak of. Uh, okay. Well, now you have to say it like this. There was like a hundred of them. Which one? The one with Matthew Broderick. Yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. That one. <laughs> one where they changed the only thing that was good about Godzilla movies. Yeah. Well, they were trying to they were trying to ride the coattails of uh, Jurassic Park. Yeah. And uh, and make it into a Godzilla, film. and it just didn't it didn't work. Yeah. But. It was it was funny when it before it came out. You know, this was back in the pre-internet days too. Uh, most of my friends knew how excited I was about uh, an actual big-budget Godzilla film coming out. And they're like, what if it sucks? I'm like, it's Godzilla. It's supposed to suck. And then <laughs> Olin Emmerich found a whole new way to suck with Godzilla and just ruined right. it. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, Freddy vs. Jason, there's another podcast that I listen to called the Now Playing Podcast. And what they do is when there's a new film in a series coming out, they go back and watch all the films from that series up to that point and do an episode for each one and review it. So when they did the reboot of um, Friday the 13th, they watched all those films and they reviewed Freddy versus Jason. Well, when the reboot came out for Nightmare on Elm Street, they went back and they watched it again and reviewed the whole film all over again, but from the the side of, uh, of Freddy. So oh, that was, that was pretty cool. But uh, okay, so that was our Halloween picks. The last order. Oh, we got you got an honorable mention. I've got like four. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right, I'll I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll be quick, and I won't even do like synopsis of all of them. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street series because it was it was the first kind of horror s- stuff that I watched. Um, Let the right one in. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got to uh, watch it in the original with the subtitles. Yes, uh, Swedish. Um, and again, a, a new, a, a very good take on the vampire mythos. Um, Silent Rage. Uh, this is this might be a little obscure. It's a Chuck Norris movie from like early 80s, 80, 82. And he is a local sheriff, big surprise, who has to um, battle this. He's this giant of a man. Um, who's been experimented on. He's like mentally unstable. And, you know, the mad scientist doctor is like, oh, you know what? I bet I can make him um, unstoppable. So he basically gives <laughs> him like um, healing. So he can just like he gets shy, he gets stabbed or whatever. And he's, you know, he heals really quickly. Um, so Chuck Norris has to has to battle him. And it's um, it's it's good because he's he's mute. So he's just this big 
walking, unstoppable guy. And obviously, Chuck yeah. Norris is Chuck Norris. He's punching, he's <laughs> kicking, he's doing all this stuff, but he heals and he doesn't care, so he keeps coming. It's, it's He's almost like a zombie, um, but kind of like a tank. I love old uh, Chuck Norris movies. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the last one is um, horror anime called um, Doomed Megalopolis. Um, this was the first anime that messed me up. <laughs> which is saying a lot because I've seen a fair amount of anime up to that point um, and the, the plot is actually kind of convoluted uh, but basically this dark wizard and I use the term wizard he's like, he's like an army general who has imbued himself with magical power um, but he, he is determined to raise a spirit that will destroy Tokyo that is that is the simplest explanation I can give you, but it's yeah. way more complicated and it's so good. Um, it's it's a four part um, series, um, forty minutes each, um, and it'll mess you up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline. That's the tagline. Put that on a t shirt. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'll do. Uh, I got a couple of honorable honorable mentions. I'll go ahead and throw out. Um, I'll do three of them. The first one is the 2007 remake of Halloween that Rob Zombie did, and it's pretty intense. I mean, if you're if you like slasher movies, you'll probably like it. But this one is a lot more serious than those old uh, campy slasher movies from the 80s. This one kind of goes into the background of Michael Myers and shows how, how he snapped and everything. And I like the first one. Then he did a he did a remake. I mean, a, a sequel a couple of years later that I thought got a little too dark and a little too violent. But the but that first one from 2007 I thought was pretty good, and then um, monster film uh, I don't I didn't put down the year but Son of Kong, um, really okay. yeah sequel sequel to King Kong, have you ever seen it? I have yeah okay yeah I, I like I was I, big into the King Kong and Godzilla movies when I was a kid. Okay, I watched it like I said uh, uh, the classic movie channel showed monster movies on uh, Saturday nights when I was a teenager so I was watching them. Incredible Shrinking Man, that kind of stuff. But I watched uh, Son of Kong, and I, so the first one had Faye Ray in it. I don't know if I'm related to her, but <laughs> spelled her name the same way and everything. But uh, but yeah, Son of Kong, I like that one. And then the other honor mention that is from the oh 1986. I was about to say mid 90s, but it's 1986 is Manhunter with um, um oh, yeah, yeah. what was his name? William Peterson that played on uh, CSI. So it's actually the first adaptation of the uh Silence of the Lambs um Thomas Harris you know he wrote the he wrote the book uh, Red Dragon and this was the first adaptation of that before they made Silence of the Lambs and uh Brian Cox played Hannibal Lecter had a much smaller role than when they when they made the remake I mean not a remake Red Dragon with with uh Anthony Hopkins was not a re- a remake of this movie it was a, just a readaptation of the book and they gave him more to do because he was, you know, Hannibal Lecter from those other two films. But this one was before all of that. And it's a psychological thriller. You know, this is the guy that caught Hannibal Lecter originally, put him in jail. And now he's going back to get some advice from him because he's looking for a new series. So last show, John, I asked yes. you to watch Moon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I did watch Moon. I'd seen it uh, before. Um and it was as good as I remember. Um, uh, Sam Rockwell 
plays this um, guy. Basically, the moon has been discovered. The, the ore of the moon has this um, helium, I think, like H3. Yeah, that can be used as, Yeah, helium-3. Um, that can be used as fuel on Earth, uh, but someone has to be up there to mine it. Um, so it's largely self-sufficient operation. Like, the machines do a lot of work, but they need one person up there um to you know to make sure that everything runs okay and so uh Sam Rockwell is there um and they they have a 3 year stint um and then they get to go home and someone else goes up um and it's but things are not all as they seem right um and it's a really it's it's you know, I, I said this last time. It, it's it's really smartly done. You know, especially when it's basically you know one person on screen for the whole film. Um, uh, Kevin Spacey is you know kind of the co-star as the voice of his um, AI um, computer mechanized, basically the the computer for the lab. Yeah. Um, and you know, how <laughs> basically um, <laughs> Gertie. Yes. Yeah. Basically how, yeah. um, and it's, and I like that, you know, at this point, Oh, it's an AI. So he must be evil. You know, no, not really. He's just, he's just an AI. Yeah. He does what people tell him to do. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, there's a, there's a twist that is twisty and, um, it's, it's good. It, it's, I, I enjoyed it before I enjoyed it again, and I would recommend it to anyone who um, uh, certainly is a Sam Rockwell fan. But uh, if you're if you like uh, a, a thoughtful science fiction film, um, I think you'll enjoy it. There's not a lot of action in it, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, yeah. If you're looking for big sci-fi aliens yeah. and all that kind of stuff, it's not your movie. But you're no, right about don't get shot, nothing blows yeah. up. You're right about him being a, being able to carry. I mean, there's not a lot of actors that can carry two thirds of a film basically by themselves. You know, Tom Hanks did it in Castaway. Right. I, I I don't know if I can name off three or four of them that are like that, but Sam Rockwell he did a good job with this one. And then also, it kind of calls into it's kind of playing on the whole big industries and unethical practices. You know, that kind we know that right. kind of stuff really happens. Um. One yeah, thing that I thought was funny the, about the film is that um, – they no, I won't go into it because they'll kind of give something away. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> what, the, what the company does is completely believable. I was like, oh, of course they would do that. Like yeah. it's, not, it's not even a question. Like really? Like, no, it's, it's – that makes sense. If they could, then they would. Of course yeah. they would. Um, so, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. No, I'm, I, I haven't seen The Martian yet. I want to see it. But I imagine yes, that you do want to see it. That, yeah, that is <laughs> it's kind of like that in that the um, you know there's no there's no villain per se. There's just an unfortunate situation that yeah. the main character has to figure out a way to um, to get through. And Rick, I know you've seen you've seen Moon before. Oh yeah, loved it. It was probably my favorite movie of the year it came out. Uh, you know, Sam Rockwell, uh, I. Can't agree with you guys more. Sam Rockwell uh, really nailed nailed the movie. Uh, 
Spacey gets credit for doing some great voice work, but it's it's all Rockwell. It's all he's he he does. Yeah, but <laughs> praising, praising <laughs> right, some of what right? he does without spoiling is tricky. Uh, right. Yeah, he, he does. Yeah. And the film was basically written as a vehicle for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it it reminds me. Uh, it has a feel of a lot of the uh, science fiction short stories. From yeah. like the the early days of sci-fi, uh, it, it's I'm so glad they that there were there was faint rumblings of sequels, and I'm so glad they haven't done one. And I really hope they don't, because it's just it's such a wonderful little self-contained story uh, that I'm not even sure how they would. I mean, I could I guess I could see you know something else happening in this same universe in this same world, but as far as a sequel to this story, I think I don't I don't well. Uh-oh. Okay, uh, folks, if you haven't seen Moon, put your fingers in your ears and go la 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 for about a minute <laughs> and a half. Okay, I think what they were talking about was seeing what happened on Earth after the clone got I've, there and broke right. the story. Yeah, and I think well, that, I don't, yeah, I don't like that. I think well, yeah, you should yeah. just leave that alone. Leave that open to your imagination. And I feel like they you touched know? on it enough. I mean, they basically, you know, the news reports, you know, yeah, the, you the hear the hear hot the, water. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, I think that's, I think that's plenty. I think and, that's and that's, there, yeah. there is some comeuppance. This movie yeah. could have basically, this could have been an episode of the Twilight Zone. You know, it was exactly. And the way yeah. they ended it was open ending. You know, kind of leave that to your imagination. And you know, I liked it the way. Yeah, I, I wouldn't like to see a sequel of that. And we're, and we're done spoiling. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if you if you haven't uh, stopped going blah blah, of course you can't hear me anyway. <laughs> So, uh, John wanted me to watch Primer, 2004 indie film about a couple of guys that accident- accidentally discovered time travel. I hate it when that happens, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a low budget movie. There's not a there's not really I, I put on my notes. There's not a ton of special effects, but there's not any special effects really. Um, yeah. It's the kind of time travel movie where they go. It's not. I mean, it's not the kind of time travel movie where they go back to the old west or they visit the future or something. So essentially, Rick, have you ever seen Primer? I have not. Okay. So they build this box that they find out can do other stuff than what they intended it to do. It was essentially supposed to make things way less than what they're supposed to. I don't know what they were intending to do with it, but what they found out that actually does is when you put something in this box... While it's in there, it moves back and forth in time between when you turn the box on and when you take it out. So you can put it in there six hours after you turned it on, and you can make it travel back in time six hours. And so they build a bigger one that a person can fit into and kind of using it as like a get-rich scheme kind of thing. But it's... It's complicated. <laughs> it is very complicated. I, I really felt like I needed a I needed a box <laughs> to go back and watch it again. I didn't have time to watch it twice, but uh, I don't think watching it once is enough to figure out everything that's going on. I did like the movie because I mean, anytime that you can make a time travel movie that's not all flash and bang and everything, you know, all Back to the Future kind of stuff. Which I mean, I love Back to the Future. Don't get me wrong, but anytime you can make a time travel movie that's not like that. I'm a fan of, you know, kind of like, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read the book, um, 112263 by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. It's 
basically, it, and they're making you know a TV what, series of I, this. I, yeah, I was about to say there was like a mini series. It hasn't, it hasn't come out yet. It's going to be on Hulu, um, and it's about this guy that discovers a staircase that if you walk down the staircase, you come out in the late fifties. Same, you're in the same place. You're just in the late in the late fifties. And if you go back up the staircase, you're back where you came from. But if you turn around and go back down it again, you're back to the point that you were when you went down it the first time. So if you go in, if you go out th- down the staircase into the fifties and go and do a bunch of stuff, go back up the staircase, turn around, go back down, you've erased everything you did the first time. You know? So basically this guy decides that he's going to go down the staircase and he's going to live his life for the next few years and he's going to try and stop the Kennedy assassination. You know? So that's what this series is going to be about. And that's all I'll say about that because I don't want to spoil anything. But that's what I like time travel movies that the the time travel, that aspect of it isn't all flat. Like I said before, flash and bang and stuff like that. It's just what it, I, this was this was this was complicated, though. <laughs> it, it definitely was. Complicated. Like, it, I think, you know, <clears throat> Spoiler, I watch a lot of sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you, you know, you, you kind of think you just like, oh, okay, it's a monster movie. I bet this is going to happen. Oh, okay, it's a it's a science fiction. Oh, okay, he's a mutant. I guess that's going to happen. Oh, you know, mad science, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? You, you kind of get into um, standards. You, you, you kind of expect kind of a shorthand um, because so often that's the case. Right. Um, so you take things for granted and that is your downfall watching this movie. Like you should not assume anything that they don't tell you. And I'm trying to think of how to talk about it without giving anything away. Um, you think, you know, more of what's happening than you do. Right. Um, until the end, even though they were quite clear in telling you, you shouldn't assume anything. Yeah. Then you find um, out that characters have been doing stuff the whole time that you yeah. didn't know that they were doing. Yeah, right. But they made it absolutely clear that they could have. But I, again, with my, you know, my sci-fi PhD, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like when you see um, what's a good example? Like Lost when you saw Lost for the first time, right? And there were so many layers to clues that they were giving. And because no one had ever done that on a show before, you just didn't even know to look for them. Um, Primer was kind of like that for me for for like time travel movies. Like I, I didn't even, I wasn't even on that gear. I hadn't even shifted my brain to that gear. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you definitely like watching it twice would not be a bad thing. Yeah. If you have the time, I I, I completely agree with you. Um, and like you said, it's enjoyable the first time, but at the end you're like, oh, that's what happened. Yeah. Then you need to go back which, and watch it again. Yeah, and kind of with which, that knowledge. Yeah, and then right, and then you'll you'll start and, to see like, things oh, that you missed makes, the first time. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, your assignment. Actually, I'm going to do something different for the assignment for next time because I'm actually going to assign you a film that I haven't watched yet. Okay. I, I'm going to watch it as well. And we'll talk about it, but this is a movie that came out in 2008, and I remember seeing previews for it and thinking it looked interesting, but never got around to watching it. But it's called Bronson, starring Tom Hardy. And 
it's about a real life convicted serial killer by the name of Charles Bronson, not the one from Death Wish. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but but like I said, I, I I saw trailers for it a while back. It's on Netflix, so I'm gonna watch it. You'll watch it, and we'll talk about it next time. Okay. Um, well, I didn't know you were gonna do that, so I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I, I was ill prepared. Um, I was or too prepared. Um, but uh, last time I gave you a choice between um, time travel or aliens. So this week I will assign you the alien film. Okay. Um, Attack the Block. I've heard of um, it. It's on Netflix, right? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Um, it's a British film uh, with an unconventional storyline of an alien invasion. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. All right. If I'm not well, mistaken, the director of that is the guy who directed the most recent Godzilla movie. Oh, okay. Joe Cornish. I don't know if he directed Godzilla, but that sounds right. I think so. I'm not entirely certain. I could be wrong. Oh, he did Ant-Man. Oh. Yeah. Okay. But it was Ant-Man. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and um, Hot Fuzz also. So it's, it's um, yeah, I'm not going to say anything else about it. Um, but it was um, it was a refreshing take, I guess, on, on an alien invasion film. It definitely stands out in my mind. Okay. All right. Well, I'll watch it. So uh, that's pretty much all the time we've got for this episode. So uh, I want to thank our our guest, uh, Rick, for joining us again. Rick, you are welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. I had a blast. Okay, great. And John, it's always a pleasure, sir. I feel welcome in your home. (laughs) Do you want to give us a haiku? I've got I got I got a little paragraph. I've got to say some a little house cleaning. So I'll give you uh, time to come up with one. A Halloween haiku, right, of course. Okay. So right. before we close up shop, I want to take a second and tell our listeners that we've recently changed our hosting service to Zencast. We won't be hosted by SoundCloud anymore. I'll put the next few episodes up on SoundCloud until all of our listeners get the message. But that also means that if you listen to us through an iTunes subscription, then you're going to need to go and resubscribe. Because once I stop posting the SoundCloud, the episodes won't show up under that feed anymore. Uh, so you'll have to subscribe to the new feed, which hopefully will be working soon. iTunes is not being a whole lot of help to me with this, <laughs> which is uh, I, I was on the phone with uh, iTunes customer service the other night for an hour. I got hung up on six times and I realize now why I don't have an iPhone. Apple are evil. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because basically the feed from SoundCloud it duplicated itself on iTunes. So it's on there twice. And I don't want to put the new feed up there until both of those are gone because I don't want the show showing up on there three times and people don't know which one to subscribe to. So they're holding me up from being able to put this on there until they take those down and they're not wanting to do it. It's just taking them. Nobody's getting back with me, but I'll complain about uh, iTunes later. (laughs) (laughs) You got one, John? Eh, It's not my best, but it fits. Okay. (laughs) Um, Scariest movies. Demons, aliens, aliens, um, monsters, uh, Hollywood remakes. <laughs> <laughs> it works. 
Yeah. He followed the rules. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it works like minimum wage works. It, 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 <laughs> technically, it's not up to my usual standard. I'll, I'll, uh, okay. I'll <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll represent a little better next time. <laughs> don't forget, uh, no matter what kind of changes we make to the feed, you'll always be able to find us on our website at cosmicpotato.com. We're off Twitter at cosmicpotato underscore one and on Facebook at Cosmic Potato Podcast. Uh, We're working on a great show for you next time, so take care of yourselves, and we'll see you in the future.